0: Middle Cough Did you do it yet? No Middle Cough Hey Behames Here we go Welcome everybody To another edition of the podcast If you are watching on YouTube Thanks for hanging out with us live on the tube If you are listening to this podcast don't forget you can also watch it live On the Haberman and Middle Cough
1: YouTube channel Hope you guys are having a week Have a week Feel good, feel great actually today, guy. Feel outstanding. I was in bed last night on Monday night. By about, there might have been a seven in front of the uh, on the clock. You didn't know, those didn't are, stick around uh, for minutes huh? Just, just in bed. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I live my life. I, I do not the preseason. The second half, television off or channel changed. I saw some highlights and it looked ugly. Looked very ugly. It uh,
0: it looked like exactly what it what it's supposed to look like in the second half. Um, can I tell you? Can I tell you something? You're going to need the information that you'll be happy to hear. Yeah, give so it to me. So Saturday, week zero, of the college football season starts. Whoa! Nebraska, Nebraska, Illinois are on TV at 10 a.m. on Saturday.
1: This Saturday, on Fox. there's a co- this Saturday, J-10 baby, game?
0: week zero. We got six games or five games. Is that is that uh, Scott Frost? Scott Frost,
1: Brett Belama, Brett, oh, yeah. Brett, Brett Bielema. Brett Belama. I like Brett Bielema in that game. How about you? Uh, yeah, a lot going on there for
0: uh, Nebraska. The uh, the five five nine quarterback hasn't quite penciled out. UConn visits Fresno State. I think they're like a twenty one point favorite. The Dogs play this Saturday. Hawaii. Todd Graham's Hawaii Rainbow Warriors visit
1: Chip Kelly's UCLA Bruins. The Bruins play Saturday. <laughs> Yep, I guy I did I I swear I did not know any of this. The, the our yeah. guy John our guy friend of the show guest of the show Brent
0: Brennan San Jose State Spartans begin their defense of the Mountain West at seven p.m. Pacific. I guess not technically their defense. Southern Utah is not in the Mountain West, but nonetheless, Spartans <laughs> are back in action. John CBS Sports Network on Saturday night.
1: God, there are you're right. How about uh? Why are the dogs such big uh Oh wait, Fresno State is favored. Yeah, yeah, favored.
0: Isn't Connecticut is. a division
1: what what division are they in?
0: Well, remember they used to be good for like a few years, Randy Edsel, and then the big east fell apart and I don't know what happened to them.
1: That that's glaring to watch minus twenty seven and a half, uh, Fresno State. Like that's it feels like it should be flipped. But I the dog back, baby. You see Jeff Kensley uh, was at uh with Wilcox taking
0: pictures. I did. I did see that at FTX yeah. Field, the ten-year, seventeen million-dollar uh, naming rights agreement at Cal. Uh, what co- they get? Uh, uh, the, oh, the Coin F-
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's not. Co- yeah, it's like a cryptocurrency exchange, FTX. Field take it where at you can Cal get it. Memorial. Stadium. Well, you know Fresno Absolutely. State;
1: they named uh, Bulldog Stadium. Ten-year deal, Valley Children's. I don't know if it's officially been announced yet, but I, it's coming. That's a valley Children's
0: Hospital is a major part of the central valley, very cool uh, it's big uh, the car you the know car. derek Derek and yeah, Dave heard, I,
1: I, so, someone told me they helped facilitate it you know big big friends of the program obviously well remember Derek's first son right
0: had to go to valley children's hospital it was a, when Deruder
1: when uh, got him off the uh the practice field right and he ran he sprinted because I don't remember
0: exactly check. what the issue was, but yeah, there was a scary situation when he with his uh with his first child
1: was it dallas so, is that, was that his son's name uh you know that I, I'm not positive. That sounds right, though. Yeah, it does. We had big Cowboy fans growing up.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So here we are. Don't forget, everybody. Here's what you do. You go to iTunes or you go to the Haberman and Middlecoff Facebook page, which is linked in the YouTube and in the podcast description. But start with iTunes. If you already have done it there or you live in a nation that blocks, you know, I don't know, American iTunes reviews, then you can go to the Facebook page and uh, leave us a review. And that review, five stars. Ask us a question. That's how you get in the handmail bag.
1: Very easy. Also, Facebook page. You go there, like uh, Haberman Middlecoff Facebook page. We have LinkedIn's. If you want to come befriend us on LinkedIn's, I had a guy shoot me a DM today on LinkedIn. So you can find us various places. Instagram, at yeah. Guy Haberman, at John Middlecoff. Shoot us on Instagram. Definitely, if you got Tito's, we get a lot of DM's with pictures of uh, our friends drinking Tito's. And, uh, you know, it's it's 1240 right now on Tuesday. Not quite afternoon, but I think there's a couple Tito's in store for me a little later today. I mean, it is afternoon. Yeah, it's afternoon.
0: Albert on YouTube says, yes, his name is Dallas. And then Albert says, here comes Tito's. Yeah, you know it. (laughs) You (laughs) know it. (laughs) You know it. it. We love being associated with here comes Tito's. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. You know what I've got? Maybe many of you have this. Maybe you don't, but you should have one. I've got a clamshell, the plastic thing that uh, strawberries come in, in my fridge and I'm under specific instructions to eat some strawberries, which is always so much effort because you gotta wash them and you gotta cut out the little core thing, or you gotta bite the cord and throw it away. it's just, you know, effort. Here's a great thing to use strawberries with, John. How about a Tito's strawberry lemonade? Our guy uh-huh. Devin sent us the recipe. It's very simple: one and a half ounces of Tito's handmade vodka, four ounces of lemonade, and five fresh strawberries uh, sliced. You lightly muddle the strawberries into a glass. You add the vodka, the lemonade, and
1: the ice. You stir and garnish with a strawberry or a lemon slice. Guy, this, this, but this is more than a vodka. This is an American business story. Once upon a time, Tito Beverage, who started this great company, still owns it, maxed out 19 credit cards, guy. 19. Think about that. Put it all on How the do line. You get all 19? the chips in the. I, I, it was probably a little easier 20, 25 years ago. And no one would mess with them. Vodka in Texas, people said it couldn't be done. Now it's the number one it's vodka in America. He believed. Jimmy Johnson, guy. Jimmy Johnson, I, I wrote this down because you said he gave a great speech. I watched his Hall of Fame speech. Great speech. He said, he said I, I, I've always believed this. I am not a dreamer. I believe I'm a believer. Yep. And that's, there's a big difference. I'm like, God, that, that hit me. That spoke to my soul. Tito, this guy wasn't a dreamer. He was a believer. He believed it. Number one vodka in America. Go have yourself a Tito soda. Go have yourself a Tito strawberry and lemonade. Go have yourself a Tito. Handmade vodka. Austin, Texas. No big deal. American made.
0: Yeah, big fans. Big fans, big fans, big fans of the whole operation. Great to be associated with Tito's because we know that you guys love it because it's, a, it's something we believe in. It's a great product. So keep sending us your photos of uh, you enjoying your Tito's. All right. Uh, Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, where right now mybookie is matching 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's the bonus. Remember, if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw the funds. You can also decline the bonus, but either way, use HAM1 so they know that we sent you.
1: Well, guy, I didn't even know this. I'm glad you brought it up. We have college football games to gamble on: UCLA, Fresno State, I- Illinois, Nebraska. Boom, bada bing! I kind of like uh, Brett Bielema getting seven uh, at home. Kind of, it's very juicy. MyBookie.ag promo code Ham One match your deposit up to a thousand dollars. Dollar for dollar, you want to bet on PGA Golf? This is kind of a bombers paradise, I guess. This BMW Championship, Bryson DeChambeau right now, twenty-eight to one. Kepka 25 to 1. Like those odds on those guys. Guy, it's a no-cut event. 70 people in the field. Like they were I mean Kepka was just in the mix up until like Monday. Like these guys, I mean they are two of the best. 25 and 28 to 1 in a Bombers Paradise. I I'm going to dabble on both those two guys. And I, I mean I would I would I just go six to midnight right now thinking about them playing in the last group on Sunday or Monday. BW- That's what I would or want. Or Monday. Yeah, or Monday. Give me Monday. That's again. What, I like Monday. <laughs> I'm a fan. Mybookie.ag promo code Ham1. Get your gamble on, people. Yeah, Monday. I think was we're gonna good. play in the super contest this year too. We'll get into that next week. The super contest. How much is that? You know, it's only ten dollars to join, but you just pick. You get you get to pick one team a week, and once you use the team, I have to look at the the rules, but I'm pretty sure that team is no longer available. So you can't just hammer the Ravens one week and then use them for like three straight weeks when they got shitty opponents or whoever, right? Gotcha. If You're going to use the Chiefs. You better know they're going to win. We spent a lot of time talking on Sunday night,
0: and I think our comments about Trey Lance wore really well in the last couple of days. Um, We talked about it going back to last Thursday. He got the first team reps Friday. He played some more on Sunday. And we believed by Sunday night, as we talked through it, quarterback competition was back open or maybe it never closed. So then we've had the whole game the digest and we also had intrepid reporter Grant Cohn of YouTube fame uh, among other things. Catch the audio uh press conference of Kyle Shanahan which he says I'm just trying to get him better and get him ready for and then he stops whatever he was about to say and gets to another comment. And then somebody also very sharp, in the replies to this tweet from Grant, which is on the screen, uh, posted a video of Trey Lance from the Sunday Night Post game in which they ask him, does your experience at North Dakota State, when you knew you weren't going to be the starter, help you? And he says, no, that was different. You know, Easton Stick was going to be the guy, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I guess maybe it is kind of the same. (laughs) So are Kyle and Trey Lance almost letting us in on a secret that they already know? Or on a most basic level, do they not know what they're doing yet? And that tells us that there still is a chance that Trey Lance is the week one started
1: for the 49ers. My educated guess, starting with the player, he doesn't know. Kyle hasn't told him, you're actually the starter week one. Beside maybe, and he's alluded to this, you're going to play, be ready at any moment. I think in Kyle's mind, and for whatever reason, I know I pivoted and I am completely back with Haberman, (laughs) that I, I... I don't expect him to start week one, but I think it's very, very possible. Like, I I am not going to be, when Adam Schefter tweets out in a week, Kyle has announced to the team, Trey Lance is going to be the starter for week one. Not going to be shocked. I can't wait to talk about it and do a big podcast about it. But I I think that's a very real possibility. And I think it's fair to say that Kyle has pivoted throughout training camp. Because if you remember, him and John Lynch talked uh, I think a day or two before guys r- reported. And he was adamant. Jimmy Garoppolo's our starting quarterback, which he'd said all offseason. And he, they had said that. Remember, they had hammered it down. Once they'd made the trade, they immediately called Jimmy, and they said, listen, you're still the starting quarterback. You know, I, they were just trying to be nice to him. But I, they, they, their story has stayed consistently straight. Kyle has pivoted, because when Matt Mayoko asked him, like, is Jimmy Garoppolo your starting quarterback? He wouldn't answer the question, which, again, is basically because... I think he realizes, what am I waiting for? That, to me, is the question. What am I waiting
0: for? I'll answer the question. He's waiting to believe that Trey Lance can do enough. He's waiting to believe that Trey Lance can do enough um, to trust him. That's what he's waiting for. Because he already knows what Jimmy Garoppolo gives him. And what Jimmy Garoppolo gives him... Is not total safety or total It's confidence. a roller coaster ride, guy. He's a roller it's, coaster yes, ride. <laughs> yes. You are not getting Alex Smith. I've said it for a long time, and now I've been hammering it for four days. Don't believe the lie that this is just about Jimmy's injury history, because it's not. It's about they traded up to try and get a top five quarterback. So the question that Kyle Shanahan asked once upon a time about Jimmy Garoppolo, is this guy good, you know, is this guy top five? Maybe he already knew the answer when he got him, but we know the answer. To that's no. So the question now is not, is Trey Lance a top five quarterback? The question for right now, week one of the NFL season is, can I trust Trey Lance enough to put him out there and hopefully
1: gain back some of what I give up when I have him on the field? Well, I I was actually thinking about this today when I was uh, pumping a little iron at the gym. It crossed my mind that in 2019, when Jimmy was having, and the the team was having a good season, and, and Jimmy, for the most part, played well. And one talking point that, you know, we have obviously talked a lot of Raiders historically was that Jimmy Garoppolo, I would rather have the 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo than the 2019 Derek Carr. And then last year, it kind of pivoted. And things change. Like the NFL players having just been in there and just watching how we evaluate and give grades, it's, it's very fluid. It, it really is. A player is like a stock market. One day it's up, one day it's down. Now, your best players, right, your, I don't know, uh, Jalen Ramsey or DK Metcalf or just Patrick Mahomes, they always feel like they trend up for a decade. A lot of players, though, go up and down. And the moment you start consistently going down or just plateauing, that means you're getting worse. Like, Jimmy didn't get any better. He's just the same guy that he was three years ago. And maybe it's just as simple as, well, that's ultimately why he was a late second round pick. He has some physical limitations, I don't know. But for whatever reason, he just is the same guy. And when you stay the same... And, like, Derek, I think, has really improved. Just like Kirk Cousins has improved. If you do not improve in the NFL, you actively... It sounds great. You get worse. Because you get passed. And the moment you get passed... And also, every year in the sport, at definitely other positions, not as much at quarterback, but you get new players in. So if, like, I'm a defensive lineman and I've just stayed the same for a couple years ago... Eventually, I'm going to get fucked because they're just going to draft two or three guys over a couple years span, and one of those guys is going to eventually beat me out if I don't keep maintaining my talent and my yeah, ability. And also,
0: there's a financial element, right? You start hanging once around, you become you're more expensive. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so that's the but. And you become cuttable with a contract, which uh, there are elements to Jimmy. Like, I'm not saying you should do this, but he is cuttable for free. They can cut him for nothing. I'm not. I'm not. Ad- I would keep him. We've talked about that, and I'm sure we'll get into that if that becomes a legit discussion. But if they want to, they can get rid of 25 million dollars like that. Yeah. Right? Well,
0: no court. No backup is worth 25 million dollars. But there is a value that he has, and so if the value is paying him nothing or paying 25 million dollars, you might end up overpaying to have something than not paying anything to have Nate Sudfeld be your backup quarterback. Right. Yes. I, I think this is a. Th- this summarizes it very well. I think YouTube comment from Sway. I don't think Shanahan is waiting to believe in Lance. He is confirming his disbelief in Garoppolo. He knows right now at this point in time, there is a difference between the, like Garoppolo has advantages over Trey Lance.
1: Yeah. How would he have belief in Lance besides just the guy and the physical tools, right? Because he's never seen him play games.
0: Part of the belief in Lance has to be the belief in himself. Like I can put this guy in enough good spots that the mistakes that he will inevitably make, we can overcome.
1: Wouldn't you say it's probably eighty twenty that right now, given that he has has zero resume in, in real games against real game plans and just how he'll handle getting hit and just you just there's unknown. There just is.
0: You know, if he had just played Zach Wilson season, maybe it'd be a little. Now obviously, Zach's in a different situation with the Jets, but Trey Lance hasn't. I, 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 this was what Sunday was made it so crystal clear to me. The guy needs to be playing football games. The guy needs to be playing. He needs to be playing. He needs to be playing. Because practicing doesn't help him in the moments when his footwork goes wonky. And so, like Shanahan said, the reason he starts throwing these fastballs is because his footwork's off. Remember, they spent all this time talking about, and Mike McDaniel said it a few weeks ago, your footwork, it's all tied to your footwork. Your footwork, your footwork, your footwork. Shanahan
1: said it too. And that's are, what are, you, are you expecting a tweet in the next seven days from Adam Schefter that Trey Lance has been named the starting quarterback? Uh, I kind of am, yeah. Because there's probably not anything Jimmy can do like this week. What's going to change that? It's already in his mind. You, you well, and I have been but, in situ- professional situations. When you get it made up in your mind, you just start looking for reasons. Like the, it, It's rare that you just like, let's flip a a U-E and go back to where we once well, were. does not going to happen.
0: We agree on that. Shanahan does not know what he's going to do right well,
1: now. Well, I just don't think he's confident enough yet to pull
0: the trigger slash knows he doesn't need to do it. Put yet. it this way. He has not named Jimmy the starter in his head.
1: Fuck no. But, but I also think he knows, let's say he, he's like 80-20 going with Trey. It, it doesn't behoove him to do that on August 24th. But I also think with the team and just you got some other stuff to figure out. You got three weeks away from week one. You do have some time.
0: We also have another game. Like we, we talked about this last week before they played the Chargers. They, he'd only played one game. There was two more games in the course of seven days, but it's two more games. So now he played Sunday night. Now he's got another game to play. Like, I think this game, like, these game, like there's a reason Trey Lance kept playing on Sunday because these yeah. games matter
1: to his how he plays matters to Kyle. I've traded up to three. He I've wants him to work. <laughs> the more I think about it, I'll be a little surprised if an Adam Schefter tweet comes out. Kyle has told the team Jimmy Garoppolo starting week one. That, that actually will surprise me at this point after watching Kyle's mannerisms Sunday night listening to the audio on Monday, and just kind of going back to think big picture. Steve Young summarized it. Then Steve Young stopped talking and Adam Schefter, and Steve called him out on it. He's like, Adam, you're acting like you don't know. I know you know. Because Adam's like, well, they haven't decided. They're just letting it all play out and taking in all the information. And that's what they were going to do from the jump. It's just easier. I think it's the right football move to quell the craziness of not doing a quarterback competition, but actually kind of doing one. You know, because if you come out and say, Pete Carroll style, maybe you do it when you're just, you haven't accomplished anything, but if you're kind of like, I don't even want to deal with this. I I can just do it on my own. I don't need to be like, it's a quarterback competition. Every two they're repping. It's like, think of the circus. It already is a circus. I would say that would go 10X on just the craziness.
0: Yeah, and also, if you're going to end up with Garoppolo, it doesn't really help Garoppolo to m- make him win the job. You can just make him the starter, and then you can give Lance the job. There's no, there's no rule. You're in charge, as, right? Yeah, You get, I, you get I, to do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, I, I think but once you, they made the move, I, I think they looked as Jimmy. And this is the sad. Sad would be strong. He's made a shitload of money with the Niners. They're using him as a pawn. I mean, if they will, because I don't think it's inconceivable that they cut him. I would say that would, but how that is he would a be pawn? a little shocking. Well, just because if he gets it, great. If he doesn't, we'll cut his ass. We'll ask him to take a $15 million pay cut. Like, they're just using him. Like, it's just, they don't give a yeah. shit. Like, they're not... they Are they going to the pay him $25, $25, trade, cause
0: $25 million because they like him?
1: Yeah, but they, are no, but they are no longer, like, invested in his, really, in a weird way, like his success. No,
0: the second you trade up to three, you've moved on, eventually. Yeah. And now it's about your goals and our goals are the same for different reasons. You want to extend your career and prove to somebody else you can still win. And we just want you to be good enough to help us win. But that's just until we're ready to put Trey Lance in. Yeah. Uh, Here's a question. Would people be disappointed if Lance was a more athletic Tannehill? Yes. Uh, Yes. I think so. Would you be disappointed? Or is Tannehill over time going to...
1: I, I would say the problem with that analogy— And that question is if, comes from
0: Jesse, by the way. If Ryan Tannehill
1: had been the quarterback his entire time on the Titans, I think we would view him differently. I think that's I think true. He's, view, he's rooted through a Miami lens it's a great where people question. question it. That is a good question.
0: But, if, but here's the thing. I'll go back to this. Is he a top-five quarterback, or does he have a chance to be a top-five quarterback? Just in the realm. Wait, say that again, sorry. Does Ryan Tannehill have a chance to be, forget about top five, top eight, top nine quarterback? It feels like kind of his peak. Because Kyle Shanahan wants a top five quarterback. He didn't trade up, he didn't trade a bunch of picks to get up to three to get a guy who might be top ten sometimes.
1: Like, for example.
0: He wants a top five quarterback. That's what he he said. that Ryan,
1: 16 starts, 16 games, (laughs) 33 touchdowns, seven picks. I know. At sixty-five percent, the I know. previous year he had only started ten games, probably on pace for you know a thirty-eight-nine season, at a much higher completion percentage. Yeah, you know how old he is? Probably younger than you think. Nah, probably older than you think. Thirty-three. <laughs> yeah. I, so he's older than Russell Wilson. Well, do you know Cam's thirty-two. He feels like he's thirty-nine. I, yeah, <laughs> I would have guessed thirty-five. Yeah, I, Cam and Russell are the same age. I guess all these guys That's a very are the same. Question, Jesse. So what's what's Andrew Luck now? Like thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, y- young enough to <laughs> be in his prime. So, but the, like
0: the game this week matters, and it doesn't just matter for it, part of this is part of the reason we're here is because Garoppolo hasn't been great. But again, who expected it? Like this is we've seen the evidence he's played in the games. You're not going to get great often. You'll get it a couple times. He has been great in games before, but
1: consistently great. Yeah, to me, I would throw away the great word. Is he even a good, do you feel good? Is he a good quarterback? I think he's a good quarterback, yeah.
0: Is he a really good quarterback? I don't <sighs> think so. Because he's not consistently better. He, he's not consistently better than he, his good is not consistently much better than his bad. I think he's good. I I think he's there is a category of quarterback. There are two categories of quarterbacks ahead of him. Then there's his category, and then there's like guys that...
1: Yeah, some shitty guys in the 20s. But again, he's closer to probably 20 than he is 10 right now. He's probably like 18, 19, 20 range. Yeah. Where I think they they were hoping... Maybe they never believed he would be a top five-ish guy, but if he could just huddle around top 10, they'd be in good shape. I think they view it back to what my original point about getting better, or getting worse. He, even if he stayed the same, he's actually regressed because other guys have like come into the league. Guys, have, Josh Allen got good, Lamar Jackson, right? Baker's now good. Like you just, you get past. It's, it's to me what makes the NFL so fucking pure is, is, and it relates so much to society is like, if you're not good enough, you just get thrown to the, there aren't scholarships. There's not like, these seven-year contracts in baseball and basketball, you're like, God, we would have cut this guy three years. In football, even Ndamukong Sue, you signed this huge deal two years in, the Dolphins were like, yeah, we're cutting him next year. (laughs) You know, it's just, it happens so fast. And Jimmy's contract is very just, he's not tied to anybody anymore. That's, like you said, it, it is dependent on your contract, and most guys in the NFL do not have conducive contracts for safety, right? Financial safety. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, uh, this is not an ad, but in my bookie right now, the, still the favorite to win the rookie of the year offensive is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, then Trey Lance. Then Justin Fields. Then Mac. Jo- uh, then Kyle Pitts. Then Mac Jones. Um, you know he is better set up for success right now. Trey Lance is based on the players around him than Justin Fields is, than Zach Wilson is, than Trevor Lawrence is. Mac Jones might be himself more ready for success, but he doesn't have better players around him than Trey Lance does, right? like if you're thinking about the rookies who can play right now and the guys that are, like several of them are going to play right now, Trey Lance is better set up to succeed than any he, now he's played less football games than all of them too, but in terms of what's around him,
1: yeah, right I did field if Fields comes in though and they start winning, he'll be viewed more as a savior than, than Trey would be viewed as i would I would imagine. I would say yes. Fields has the opportunity that if he comes in and lights the world on fire to have a lot of momentum on his side. Where Trey, I think Kyle will take some of the credit. The defense will take some of the credit. The running game will take and some of the credit. And they
0: might ask him to do a little less than Justin. Justin is just going to spin out and take <laughs> off. Yeah, and just run for his life. Um, I mean, what do you think Kyle's think? What do you think Kyle would be thinking sitting on his couch? Not, I don't know if uh, he ever sits on his couch, but yeah, I don't think in his, his office. Watching other, te- uh, watching these other guys.
1: Well, I, how does that not put a little pressure on him to play Trey Lance? Just based on... Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are going to play. We've known that. But Cam Corona, who knows? And clearly the Patriots immediately leaked out. They're not happy. And someone was quoted as like, now this opens up the door for Mac Jones. What if Mac Jones is the week one starter? So then three of the five guys are starting? We know... You know, Kyle watches these games, just offenses around the league. Then all of a sudden, Mac Jones. What if Mac Jones is good for the Patriots guy? You don't think Kyle's going to be like, want to show off his toy? Especially if, assuming that he goes with Jimmy, which we are just kind of said feels kind of unlikely at this point in time.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know if Kyle feels the pressure watching those guys. You know, he has the experience in his pocket of having succeeded with a rookie quarterback. Like, he he has done that. So it would not be uncharted territory for him, you know? Like, he did it with RG3.
1: And he believes in RG3, I think, less than he believes in Trey Lance. Yeah, but RG3 was more ready to just do what they did with him. Like, he, he had played a lot in college, had I'm won the saying, Heisman.
0: Kyle sitting at his desk has done—he has been through this before. Maybe he didn't love that experience. Maybe that's why he—you know, it's possible that he looks back and goes like, God— we, yeah, we, won. we went to the playoffs with RG3. If we had had a veteran quarterback, we could have been so much better. Maybe he thinks that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't part of it. I thought of it that he, way before. I think Mike sent him out to, what's his name, at uh, the little general in Nevada, and he kind of learned some Chris of the Ull. pistol run game stuff, and they implemented that stuff for RG3. I, I, I don't know if it was, didn't enjoy it, because how, how can you not enjoy winning? I think it more became, they're so scarred from the human because the big part of it, remember, was immediately then his dad was like, "Fucking run a normal offense for my son." And they're like, "Holy shit, calm down, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> and that I think I feel like RG three the experience scarred him more than that because I do think it gets talked about sometimes. They had to run like this collegiate offense, even though a lot of teams kind of run it now. And the Niners, when you've been a, we've been at practice, they have elements of it, right? Yeah, but I, but we
0: yeah. Yeah, it's true, but I'm just saying we give him we look at that experience as like evidence that he should be able to play a rookie quarterback right away. But I wonder if he looks at that experience and says, if I'd had a better, more prepared quarterback, I could have won more games.
1: But they won the division.
0: Well, I know. But he might look back and go, we could have been better if I didn't have to run a training wheels offense.
1: Well, I think the question mark, big picture, is always going to be back on that individual situation. Remember, he tore his knee up in a in the in the playoff game against Seattle. It was pouring rain. Yep. If RG3 never gets hurt, who, is he a little, who knows? It it probably still gets weird. But I I do believe that, like, that showed to me his adaptability immediately. Which any good coach, like, the point of being a coach is not, like, if one guy does something really well and it's not in quote-unquote your playbook or on your whiteboard, if you can't throw in a couple plays for what he does well, and I think Kyle does a good job, like, Debo Samuel clearly is pretty good at the end of round, right? And he's comfortable doing it. He fucking hits the hole hard. Like, they run the shit out of that play. Like, he does run plays for his guys that they excel at. But a- any good offensive coach, to me, worth their salt, should be doing that. You know, with your skill guys and your quarterback. Yeah. You just... The, the scary thing, I think, is with quarterbacks, and the Niners have seen one, is, like, you pigeonhole them in an offense. And we're, I think we're going to see this with Lamar. Can they... Can they, like, grow? You don't even have to become, I think, can he become Peyton Manning? Like, no, can you just become, like, a hybrid version of, instead of being Lamar right now, which feels very, very run-heavy. Even though he's had years, I think, a couple years ago when he won the MVP, through 30-something touchdowns. But it does feel like without the run game humming and him running it, they're not as potent as an offense. But can you get to a point where it's third and eight and you're like, God, Lamar can beat you? Because if you can, then he's unstoppable, right? And if you can do that with Trey Lance and Justin Fields get them to a point where in years they can pick you apart and run, they become an uns. I mean, Cam Newton won the MVP and he was never even accurate. So if you can balance it both and just find like a better sweet spot than what Cam had, because this goes back to the Tannehill thing. Like if you told Kyle, you get Trey Lance because Cam, it's crazy as it sounds. A guy that's made four or five Pro Bowls and MVP that's not what you're looking for, even though, like, in worst case, you would take that to be safe. No, you want probably. the guy to be on
0: your team for another 12th. To 15, you want the guy to be on your team, your quarterback, for 15 years. You want to sign him to a 10-year contract and feel good about it.
1: Well, part of the problem, probably, if you think about it with Cam, right? Did his body kind of give out on him, just the way he played for a decade? Like, it's, but part it, of it's that hard was to maintain you, that play. Yeah, that, that style of play. Yes. Yeah. I mean, started having injuries with so mean, yeah. People forget that. Remember, he just had injuries popping up—thumbs and feet—and it was like knee. You just run a lot. I mean, as a as an avid runner myself, you know MCL. <laughs> uh, you know the
0: other thing we got. So we're speaking. Of, we're talking about this game, John. It is. It is Raiders Forty ers on Sunday.
1: Sorry, keep going.
0: <laughs> it's Raiders Forty ers on Sunday. Can't can't wait. It's a preseason
1: game, but really can't wait. Guy, I'm a sucker for this game on television. Like, a little bit like uh, A's Giants with baseball. It does just look cool. I I don't need, like, I'm not looking for incredible, like, plays or... It's not even about, it's just the two guys on the field together. Like, I'm, I'm excited. It's an exciting game. The fans should be, if you live in the Bay Area and you're a Raider fan, like, wouldn't you go? You'd never get a chance to see the team.
0: I mean, it's a preseason game, but
1: yeah, you probably would go
0: see your team. I think one thing that makes the Niners Raiders, I don't know if I want to call it a rivalry because they've only played 14 times. The rivalry is more the fan bases because they exist in the same area. Like I was thinking about one thing that really hurts the A's is that in terms of their division, just in terms of attention, right? One thing that helps the Giants and it hurts the A's, the Giants, if you're a Giants fan and you live in the Bay Area, you probably work with a Dodger fan. Like there is just a rivalry, historic rivalry, with a lot of passion built into your division. The A's, in all likelihood, you don't work with an Angels fan, you don't work with a Mariners fan, you don't, don't you don't work with an Astros fan, right? Um, who'd I who'd I miss? Rangers, Mariners, Angels, Mariners, Astros. Um, you don't work with. It's just there's no natural rivalry that that just has you engaged with somebody in a little trash talk like. If you're a Dodger or a Giant fan, you know one, you you have a friend probably that's one or the other, and you guys just talk shit to each other all the time. A, the A's don't have that. The, the Giant, the Raiders and Niners ironically never play; they're not in the same division, but they're constantly getting compared to each other by the fan bases, which is what has made that great. Even though again, they
1: they hardly ever have played each other relative to like what happens in a you know baseball division. Well, because it's set up right where they only going to play each other every four years. I, I do think this game matters. And I do think it's a way to kind of keep a connection. If I was the Raiders, I would want this game to continue. If I was the Niners, I don't know if I'd necessarily care. But just in terms of travel, because you will have to go back and forth, I would want to keep the Charger game. Who was their first preseason game? you remember? Which team? Oh, the Chiefs. But the Chiefs came here. Like I mean, that's about as far as I'd want. I would not want to travel far. You obviously can't play Seattle. You can't play the Rams. So you can't play the Cardinals. So it's basically just I would want to do the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos. Like, I, I'd want to keep it as close as possible. From a Raider standpoint, there is a brand, like, you're, you have fans here, like, you'd want to come. I actually think, we've talked about this when we've been at practice, I think the joint practices between these two teams makes a lot of sense. Like, Kyle, Gr- Kyle works for John Gruden. They literally are right here. You would just, you know, I mean, you're doing joint practices anyway, right? You just, it's an easy one.
0: Yeah, and also, if you're the Raiders, you'd want it. forget about uh, – uh, you're right about the joint practices. To go back to your point about the just the stadiums, the Niners, you want it because you, you're going to sell more tickets for that game just because you might have some Raider fans that want to come who are in the area than you would for whatever other random preseason game. And if you're the Raiders, you know there aren't that many fan bases that close to you that could make the trip like Niner fans could come to Vegas. So it probably yeah. does help just your – Pre, when your you're preseason, I guess maybe those tickets are accounted for, but in terms of just everything else that happens, um, it's good for the uh, tourism bureau in Vegas and it's it's good just for you know selling beers at Levi's
1: and th- there is something like if you're from Northern California, it's just cool to watch the two teams yeah on the I mean that' the there's just there's an element of think about a couple years ago it might have been Gruden's first year when Nick Mullins lit him up. And Favre called him after. But just that game, it meant nothing. Both the teams were terrible. The Niners ended up drafting two, and the Raiders ended up drafting four. I remember that game being pretty fun. Like the game was fun. Now, it's a lot different in a regular season game than a preseason game. But it's crazy to think Nick Mullins, you know, <laughs> had some moments. Uh, but I I I'm I I am genuinely I'm not kidding. I have been literally zero excited for basically 99% of all the preseason action I've watched, including even starters like Jameis. I guess it was kind of cool. Watch him throw a deep bomb, but this is, I I, I am excited for the first half, you know, and who knows? I mean, I, based on what Gruden has done, he might not play any, you know, Kyle will at least play some stars. Gruden might like Derek Carr. I'm not expecting to see Derek Carr. So, yeah,
0: I'm not going to weigh a
1: little bit from it.
0: I'm not going to advocate for a lack of logic, but I think what's great about rivalries is that it's not, uh, it's not math. It's not logical always. It's just, I want your team to fail and I want my team to succeed. And it doesn't matter if it's a preseason game. There's just a passion that comes with it. There's just a passion that comes with it, you know, because it's a rivalry. And again, I think the fa- it's more about the fans than the two teams hating each other. Yeah.
1: Well, you know? it's not because it's not a true rivalry, right? Because they do never play. I mean, you play every yeah. once and every Like four Jets years.
0: and Giants aren't a rivalry and yet their fans are always talking trash to each other.
1: But they, but to me, they play. They've played every preseason our entire lives. They they share a stadium. It is a little. You'd have to agree. It's a little more unique when you, I think when you share a stadium. If the Niners and Raiders shared a stadium, which one day, I mean, once upon a time, people wanted them to do. And it, who knows? It it would have been cool for us I listen, two football teams better than one in theory. I've, we've experienced some bad two football team years. <laughs> it was really bad, actually. Uh, but you do feel like you're both a part of that place. I wonder if sharing the stadium is a because you see it with the Clippers and, and the you Lakers, both are New York. Play each other, it'd be like if
0: yeah. both teams were San Francisco or both teams were Oakland. Yeah, like it's our city, right? It's always like it's our city. If you're the owner, I guess you want to own. You guys the only got
1: two of the five boroughs. We got three yeah, exactly, and the Did suburbs see- and Jersey.
0: Did you see? By the way, since uh, since uh, Axelrod fired Chili Davis as the Mets hitting coach, all their numbers are down. Actually, they're slightly the same, but down. Chili Davis got fired a while back, I guess, as the hitting coach. Uh. They were like (laughs) eleven and twelve, or they were twelve and eleven when they fired him, and now they're like fifty-one and fifty. It's like since it's just it's like everything's the same exactly. But apparently, all the players hated it when they fired Chili Davis, who
1: was beloved. Yeah, I mean, well, just maybe you don't have great hitters. Right beside Pete Alonso, who feels like every time I watch the Mets, it's a home run. Okay, hits bombs, John. Before we go on, let's tell the people about DraftKings. Where Middlecoff finished
0: in the money? I would say this weekend, but it was Monday. Finished in the money,
1: almost won. What'd you finish? Third place. Promo code Ham. Uh, fourth. You know that's fourth. It was one of those. I was at one. I was in first place for a split second on Monday. And then you do, you check the other guy's squads. Well, we all had Cam Smith and the couple other guys had like Fina. I'm like, I'm going to get caught. I'm going to tri- get caught by like DK Metcalf. And I got caught and lapped. Still, it happens.
0: Football is almost here. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the National is giving you a shot to turn big plays into even bigger prizes, including the new instant win challenge from DK. DraftKings wild cards Download the DraftKings app now to claim your first wild card, full free. There's up to fifty million dollars and uh, fifty million dollars worth the prizes up for grabs. With one in four winning instantly.
1: Download the DraftKings app now. Use the code Ham. Like I said, shot at million dollars. Enter the code Ham when you download the app. Free shot at a million dollars with your first deposit. That's code Ham only at DraftKings, official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum five dollar. Deposit required eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
0: John podcast also brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Back. Back with I, I the first time I read the script, I thought it said public service announcement, but it doesn't. It says pubic service announcement. Uh, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0, which is now available for purchase. In the USA and
1: Canada. Yep. Well, think about this. People like Haberman—they got hair on their back, you know, on their butt, all over the place. Not nose. some of us don't. Nose. I. Well, Guy, yeah, do you trimmer. don't. Have you ever? Have you ever yanked nose hairs out of your nose?
0: I have, and I hear it's very it, dangerous.
1: It's not only dangerous; it is pain, you cry. Well, you don't need that because part of the lawnmower 4.0 the package that they sent us. You get a, could you could you give us an example on uh, YouTube? Can you put it up your nose? You can go, no. Oh, you can go. Here. Look at that. Look at, oh, oh, boom. Got it. Did right you hear there. that? Hey, Ray, that's, Hey, has got some Sound Sounded like a lawnmower hit a few uh, rocks. <laughs> Woo. Ma- Manscaped.com. Promo code ham. Get yourself a lawnmower 4.0. We have the 2.0, 3.0, and now the 4.0. The nose hair trimmer. That'll, you know, you don't want those hairs sticking out of your nose when you're on a Mm-mm. date, when you're, you know, in a business meeting. It's a bad look. 20% off, free shipping, promo code ham, manscaped.com. The advanced ceramic blade,
0: the skin safe technology, manscaped. Go get the Lawnmower 4.0. 20% off, free shipping, like John said. 20% off and free shipping. And uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 has a new wireless charging system as well, John. Wow. Um, 20% off. Free shipping. Code ham Manscaped.com. Go do it. All right. Um, oh, by the way, you and I were talking. You're, you said to me Sunday night, you're like, does Shanahan look just kind of miserable on the sideline? And I said, yes. And then watching Urban Meyer on Monday Night Football on the Jag sideline, he makes Shanahan look like a, a kid at a birthday party. and He is
1: miserable, John. Do you think there, you worked in radio for a long time, now you're a podcaster. Do you think there are a lot of similarities in the two businesses?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I actually do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a crazy hard transition, right? There are just things that are the same, right? Doing topics, getting people interested, interacting with your audience. I mean, there are some basic premises of the business. I've said all along, man. Now I never worked at Ohio State or Florida, but when I went from Fresno State to the NFL, it was like a completely different world. They, they really the businesses beside running plays, like running a, a counter play or a go route. Like yeah, that's the same thing as like you you would have saw. I guess you wouldn't have seen it like back calling Clovis East game in like two thousand six because they were in the triple option. But you know some no of the, like the, the high school teams that run spread offenses, like they can do the same thing as an NFL team, but the business is completely different. And also, when you get an NFL job, for the most part, you're taking over a shitty team, right? Like, w- even what Jim Harbaugh took over, a 6-10 and 10 Niner team, it was kind of unique because they had all these pro bowlers on the roster, and then he hit this incredible draft, and he resurrected Alex Smith. Like, that is an anomaly. You look back at Pete Carroll's first couple years. They were awful in Seattle. Urban Myers lost, like, five games in the last, like, decade. He, he, he's... His team looks terrible like just what would you guess 5 and 12 feel about right
0: for their do you think they win 5 games this year
1: well I don't know that actually felt kind of high when I said 5 like 3 3 and 14 that's a lot of losses feels more like 3 to me <laughs> ok 3 and 14 that is a long season man what's their that the rule? is a horrendous I think it's like 7 maybe it's six and a half.
0: yeah right here I got 6
1: yeah, so maybe you get the extra bump with the extra game. I don't know. I, I, I felt looking at his face like he wants to quit. But back to what I was saying, like, hiring someone, like Jim Harbaugh played in the NFL for 15 years. Pete Carroll, we talk about him like he was a college coach. You know that he's been a head coach 3X the NFL teams relative to USC. He'd been a head coach for two different NFL teams before he became the USC head coach. And then it's like, oh, college coach Pete Carroll. Well, kind of. I bet Pete Carroll always like, I'm a fucking NFL coach. I just dominated at USC, <laughs> right? He had been a coordinator in the pros for a long time. He was a pro guy. That rule is so, like he had the one year with the Giants. But even that, like at least he spent one year in an NFL building. I think Chip Kelly and Urban Meyer have a lot of parallels. Zero years in the NFL. Absolutely zero. Like, not one. It's, it's, it's one thing to be friends with Belichick. It's not a thing to, like, coach against him. Did you see the stat that Phil Yates tweeted? Sirianni next to Belichick. And it says, Sirianni, 40 years old. Belichick, 47th year in the NFL. 47th year in the NFL. That means there is literally not probably a coach, but definitely a player who Belichick, and I've said this forever strengths weaknesses off the top of his head immediately a a guy in a two deep in the league from what college he went to how good he was in college and what his strengths and weaknesses are in the nfl just think about that ability that like urban meyer like how is urban gonna know like if he was just playing trey lance what the fuck would he know about trey lance let alone like Catavius street and brandon iuke right he would just you just don't even know
0: or what about when you just have to a couple guys get hurt and you got to add somebody to your team even if you have a GM that's in charge of that, he adds a guy to your team. If you've been around the league for a few years, let alone 47, you know what you're getting in that player because maybe that player's been in the league for five years, right? So even if Trent Bulky is the guy who grabs the guy off the wire and puts him on the squad and you roll out to practice Monday, Urban's never seen the guy, but fine. Trent's job is to find that guy. Tuesday, you roll out to practice, got Monday off because they won a game. Um, you, he has no—what's his point of reference for that player? Never seen do, him do before. Any,
1: do you think any player at Ohio State or Florida ever came on without Urban having a deep understanding of the human? Uh, no. At practice. Randy Mueller told me one I bet time, even their walk-ons he, were like, he knew the dad. <laughs> Randy Mueller told me one time, was Saban's GM for the Miami Dolphins. He said, an underrated thing that Nick could never shake is like Nick— we need this guy here for afternoon practice. I'll just pick the best practice squad guy. You don't worry about this. You stay in the game plan. And Nick wanted to watch the top 10 short list of them all and watch them all. He's like, you don't have time to do that. I stumbled upon this press conference the other day. I actually sought, you know sought it out because it was Dan Campbell. I, I enjoy Dan Campbell press conferences. He's actually much smarter than I think people think. I'm gonna I I swear, just if you ever if you're bored. He's like uh Whoever their GM is, you know, the Rams guy that they hired, he's like, I told him early on in training camp. I'm like, listen, I forget the guy's name, but he's like, Chris, if we need, yeah, I don't know. If we need a guy, I trust you. If like, I'm not around, I'm in a team meeting or whatever. Like, you Brad need Holmes. The, if a guy, Brad Holmes. He's like, I told Brad, I trust you, bro. Like, I, you've been in the league for a long time. You know what you're doing. If we need a practice squad guy and I don't have the ability to sign off or give you the thumbs up, just do it. And it was just very kind of like, yeah, I bet I bet Sean Payton told him things he learned, right? From Sean Payton to like, you know, sometimes I just, Mickey's got to bring in a guy for practice squad guy. I don't have time. And I just don't see how urban, and think about the factor two of Treb Balky guy. Like, it's not like Trent is Mr. Cuddly and easy to work with historically.
0: I wonder, too, if they—we don't know if Matt Rule has succeeded or not yet. Time will tell. But if being the coach at Florida and Ohio State, that's even very different than being at Baylor, where you don't get the first pick of all the players, right? In some ways, that's more NFL— if you're coaching at a school that's not Ohio State, Florida, USC, Texas, where you just get the first, you can get any player you want. Like one thing I was thinking watching Urban last night, if this was college and Urban had just inherited a terrible team, I know what his roster would look like next year. Freaking stacked. You'd be like, whoa, changed everything real fast. Can't you? He's, you're, you're handcuffed. Like you are, unless you can coach your way out of it or you've got the players on the roster that can do it for you, right? It turned out Jim Harbaugh's team, a lot of good players on that team when he took over the forty ers
1: right? Well got and he had Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator. And so what you want Meyer about Greg Roman. Greg Rome 49ers, pretty good.
0: He'd have a he'd have a he'd have a shot. He'd have a shot. He'd
1: have a shot. But he didn't
0: take over those forty
1: ers Because most people you, don't
0: take over those forty ers
1: Most people take over though, his, his shot would probably be like Jim was probably even more suited though because of the coming from Stanford yeah. NFL guy. I, I do think Urban for, he's an all-time great college coach. In a weird way, might be completely over his head in this. Jim also, because, the timing.
0: Like, if Jim came into the NFL today, it might be a little harder, right? The style of offense that Jim wants to run like
1: worked right in that moment in time. He's been trying to the figure team, his offense out. And, and the team was equipped to do it.
0: Yeah, an offense that should work at Michigan, except he is now the coach at Michigan at a
1: time when you got to open it up and let it fly, and that's very different. Well, I know. I I, you could you can to me you could see it on Urban's face like there's there's guys that are like this is going to be tough and there is like did I make the wrong decision like did you do you see that in his I saw him thinking yeah what I saw was
0: how do I get out of this and I don't mean get out of this job I mean how do we fix this like before I can't take this anymore because I'm gonna I might run out of patience before this thing can get fixed because this idea, like Trevor Lawrence is going to take over and just carry the team, like it's not, that ain't happening. <laughs> well, I, I and think Travis Etienne's out
1: for the year. That's the other thing. <laughs> well, I, I also think it shows you, kind of puts into light how special luck was for how much shit he got. You know, like, is he really that good? He is so much fucking better than every rookie quarterback who's come into this league for decades. What are we talking about? He took over a joke team and took over the playoffs. They won two games. Two. They picked him number one. And then it turns out the coach and the GM were kind of clowns. And he carried the franchise for like three straight years. Think about that. Like, I, I think sometimes that gets lost because it's so easy. Trevor Lawrence, next luck. No, he's not. And, he, and honestly, he could be really good one day. It's going to take some time, though. Yeah. You got DJ Chark on the sideline because he's injured. You got Minshew, like, still trying to win the job. <laughs> Well, because Urban keeps weird. telling him that. Well, I know. I, I always think it's, it's just crazy luck. It's a weird deal. We, we talked a little bit about this before the, we got on. Travis Etienne basically started the moment he got to Clemson. And when he showed up three years ago at Clemson, right, they are in the peak of their powers. Like, they're just humming. They've already won a natty. They're just recruiting, like, Alabama or Ohio State. Plays immediately. Dominates for three straight years. Maybe, I think maybe last year he got banged up or a little bit, but he, he's never been like serious injury out for, he comes by the second preseason game, his foot is shattered, Liz Frank, out for the year? Like, how's that happen? That's just to me crazy. Is Ooh. it just wear and tears? like a tire was going to pop? Like if he could have gone back for a senior he year, was, maybe it happens, I don't know. He was a four-year player. Oh, he was? Oh yeah, he did go back for a senior year, huh? So maybe he's got some extra tread on the tire. Almost 5,000 yards rushing in
0: college and almost 1,200 yards receiving. He dominated. So that's uh, hun- 788
1: touches in college. But to me, does it speak to Urban? Which makes sense, right? If you're at Ohio State, you bring in a Travis Etienne every year. And when you bring in a Travis Etienne, a five-star guy from fucking Ohio or Florida or whatever... That guy doesn't get to start right away. Like, it might take a year or two for Zeke to start, right? He's behind Carlos Hyde or whatever. So, for example, he takes ETN in the first round. Then he has him playing third-string running back. Like, to me, I red-flagged that immediately. Like, Urban, this isn't the college. (laughs) Like, this guy is a blue chipper. You draft him first round, he should be mixing in with the ones. The guy in front of him
0: is not a four-star guy from two years ago who's now getting his chance.
1: No, the guy in front of him is Carlos Hyde, a guy that's bounced around the league who just happened to play for you. Now, the starter, good player, James Robinson, but you should be mixing those two guys in and just be like, we're going to have an elite, those two guys going to play together. And now they basically just, I mean, it's not their fault that he got injured, but it does like kind of ruin one of the Ramsey picks, right? You, you trade Jalen Ramsey and then all of a sudden you just, this, you have nothing to show for for a year.
0: Solomon Jets 718 on YouTube. The painful part about seeing Urban Meyer's struggle face last night was that the players behind him were laughing and joking around on TV. I See, this comment is why that camera that everybody's in love with that like only puts one person in focus and the rest of it is blurry in the background and everyone's like, oh, it's the 8K camera. It looks like a video game. That's why that camera is overused. Because if you're using that camera, you don't see all the good shit that happens in the background on TV. Just my two cents. I think people are too in love with that camera. It looks sweet, but you, you miss out on funny stuff happening in the, back, in the background. I'm with you.
1: I so. agree. I'm i in, in agreement there. Anyway.
0: What's their first... Do you have the Jags schedule in front of you, by the way? Uh, Give me like their first four weeks.
1: I have the Jets up. Let's go Jags. I bet it's not pretty. It is at Texans, so he could be 1-0. You lose the Texans; that'll be that'd be hard to shake, right? (laughs) Is that a must-win? Remember, they beat the Colts Week One last year. The The Broncos. So you got at Texans, Broncos at home. home Kind of a must-win
0: for the Broncos.
1: Cardinals, sneaky hard game for the Cardinals. Ten AM kickoff. Jacksonville hot. Mm. At Bengals, so it's it's not the it's doable.
0: I mean, they 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 did win one game last year. Their schedule should be kind of easy. One game or so two? Lost. one. One game.
1: I thought they lost fifteen straight games. Yeah. No. Started one and zero. Had to be a pretty good feeling.
0: That went That's one of the. I mean, for the Colts it turned out to be good, it just it does goes to the show when we talk about like, oh, you can't play Trey Lance week one. You just got to beat the Lions. Like, we, you reminded me of this the other day. We say it every year. Week one can just be freaking weird in the NFL. So,
1: well, th- think about this. They ended up, I think, them and the Titans both had 11 wins because of the tiebreaker. The Colts lost and the Titans won the division. The Titans got to host the Ravens. Now they ended up losing. The Colts had to go to the Bills because of the new playoff schedule. So that game, I mean, you just beat the Jags week one. You win 12 games, and all of a sudden you are hosting a playoff game, which I would say in Indy, pretty big advantage given that they are not like a normal place, right? It's a dome. They're used to playing. It's an advantage them.
0: How many of these rookies are going to be starting week one? Quarterback, round one rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, there's two. Mac Jones could be starting. Feels like the least
1: likely guy to start is actually Fields, not Lance at this point in time. Well, Fields is not starting. I mean, they've basically really confirmed that, which I don't agree with, but he's, he's been dead set on it. Like Andy Dalton, the reason Fields is starting this week is because Andy Dalton, he's like a pitcher. Do they, you know they think they like the you the can pitcher home?
0: When you send the pitcher home? What do you mean? Like before you know, like start? uh Yeah, before like Matt Cain is back in center. San Francisco getting ready for game four?
1: <laughs> That's what it feels like with Andy Dalton.
0: I wonder if they think, like, we, we're we going to have a hard time with free agents if everyone knows we promised Andy he's the starter and then we don't even give him one game to be the starter. I, why, why would you even be worried about that? I don't know. Fucking
1: Andy I'm just trying to figure I, out why they're thinking the way they're thinking. I know, because they think he's... He knows the offense so well. He can articulate it in the huddle. He can get him in the Those right look. unimportant like, things. Yeah, but it's stuff no fan cares about. Oh. It's just that simple. So it's just the stuff that the, the, their coaching staff cares about is something that's not actually tangible that you'll see when he's struggling. Yeah, but, but,
0: but here's part of their, their issue is that they as a staff think we have to win to, cape, to keep all of our jobs. And the Bears fans thought that until they got Fields and now all they care about is watching Justin Fields play. Whatever
1: that means. But if I told you this, you start Justin Fields and your job's on the line, but then Fields plays well and gives you hope, even if you go eight, nine, but it was like, oh, we got something here. Yeah. Doesn't that save you? Like, you guys Maybe. found this Maybe. Did that guy. work for you Anthony guys Lynn? In this guy? Yeah, but he's had more success than Anthony Lynn. He's over 500. They haven't been a joke. Yeah, I, I mean, it's true. I don't know. I mean, he'd know better than me. But it might I mean, be as
0: simple a as, like, they're up. like, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are like, we're in this together, brother. Yeah, brother. And then the McCaskies are like, Ryan, what do you think we should do? And he's like, well, you know, as the person who clearly is remaining, I'm still the GM. Oh, okay. I think we should hire another coach. And then you extend yourself. If you're Ryan Pace, right? If I was just thinking selfishly from a GM standpoint, if you hire a new coach, you potentially extend
1: your window, like at minimum another two or three years. Well, did you see Brady's quote to Peter King about, how the NFL is basically one big blame game. GM's always blaming coaches, coaches are blaming players, players are blaming coaches. Like everyone's just pointing the finger. And he's like, I've been kind of lucky. I've that's not really obviously in New England, that doesn't exist. And he's like in Tampa. Now, granted, they had, he's been there one year and they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> but he, I, I just think he sees all of his friends all over the league, and that's all it becomes. Is just everyone's pointing at each other? And maybe sports in general are like that. I think football is probably more under a microscope given like you only play once a week and when you have a bad season it just feels guys get fired, you know, six, seven coaches get fired a year. College coaches get fired all the time. The blaming just happens so fast. Yeah. And the faster you can both be in cahoots with like, "Hey, look at what we have together." It might save you so you don't have to flip like, "Oh, he wanted Dalton. I didn't want Dalton." Because that is something that just happens at rates in the NFL. Like the 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 Cardinals are a team that who's going to blame who there? Like how Steve Kime gonna? He'll go well. He wanted Kyler Murray. If that doesn't work, and Cliff, well, you hired Cliff. Like what were we supposed to do? Like they don't really have anyone to blame anymore. Right.
0: And we're here because we hired we just drafted Josh Rosen. It didn't work.
1: Yeah. So it's like maybe we just need to. I had a buddy who thought we were making fun of like. The Chiefs in the Cardinal game, he's like, Yeah, I bet that place is open by November.
0: The the, the Cardinals?
1: Like they could do you remember last you year when Arthur Blank fired Quinn and Dimitrov? Were you just kind of if you know if they're let's say they are, you know, like a five and eight team and it's like this is they're not gonna make the playoffs. Kyler hasn't gotten better. Maybe you just fire them both and you just hit the reset button.
0: You know what's interesting about that is will the league view, will the coaches that are in demand view Kyler Murray as an asset for that job or not?
1: Well, you don't have to pick up his fifth-year option. You get to just ride it out for a year. He is talented enough to just ride it out for a year, see what you got, and then kind of go from there. I, I do. So think that's
0: not an asset. Well, if What's attractive about year, it is
1: that you're not committed to him. I think the attractive part about that job is, I remember last year when Atlanta got open, <clears throat> and I remember texting an agent. I was like, God, who the fuck would want to go there? He's like every coach. It's Atlanta's it's cheap area; it's a great place to raise a family. The owner has a bunch of money and he's loyal, so I think you'd look at Arizona. You go, well, I can live in Scottsdale or Phoenix. The owner has been very, very loyal to Steve Kim. Right? He is, and he's he seems like actually a pretty nice, normal guy with a bunch of cash now, and he a little, I think, in like the Jed Mark category, like. If he hires you, like you get to do you, you know. Yeah, you and might be that, the guy bringing your GM. That is not a place I think consistently in every team. Like some teams, like you know, the owner probably a little more. Like the Carolina Panthers, I bet that guy's sitting in a lot of personnel meetings, don't yeah. you?
0: The the Mets, uh, the division's very tough, but I don't know how much it, it doesn't feel like coaches uh, usually are too worried about
1: that. No, um, the, because why would anyone ever take a job in the SEC, right? And they all do. They pay you way more money, though,
0: relative oh, to what other people make.
1: Okay, that's true.. That's.
0: Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a bad point. So in terms of rookies, could Mac Jones start one, two, three, four, five, six and one? Yes, he could. Here's the page, If Mac Jones ends up the starter, here's the Patriots schedule. Dolphins at home, at the Jets, New Orleans at home. The Bucks at home, at the Texans, Cowboys at home, Jets at home.
1: He's going to win some games. You think he's the week one starter for the Patriots? I do. Yeah. You said 16 to one Belichick? 16 to one. I think that's a pretty good bet. I do too. Because there's, I, I think that. Especially if he's the, doing
0: it with Mac Jones.
1: If they went 10 and seven with Mac Jones, wouldn't he get a lot of credit?
0: he would be the coach of the year at the NFL. He would have the quarterback <clears throat> that went last of the five in the draft.
1: Well, what if like a McVay or Shanahan won like 14 games?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not a guarantee, but I just think you're kind of looking for a reason for – everyone knows Bill's the, the best.
1: But you he know, he's only won sleep- the thing twice. I'll give you a sleeper, coach of the year. Would be Sirianni. Would be the no the dude in uh, Carolina. What if they went ten and seven? Yeah, rule. They've been really shitty. He resurrects Sam Darnold. Like they just look really solid. They they got a bunch of offensive pieces. You probably get him like twenty to one. Sirianni, you he probably has incredible odds. Their division just might be terrible. And what if the Eagles just have some talent? Again, they are much higher on Jalen Hurts than I think a lot of people are.
0: We should do a bit where we go through every team and say what that how what would be Coach of the Year candidacy for that coach.
1: Let's do it. Next pod. <laughs> <laughs> uh freak
0: 49 on YouTube says, I'm late. Tried to time it for when the Tito ad was over. Right on time. An hour minute, an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> uh that's good. Um who else do we have? Yeah, Zach Wilson starting, obviously. Mac. Okay, that was everybody. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence.
1: Cousins at any moment could get Corona. And, or, and, you know, contact trace, And Kellen Mond could start quick.
0: You don't think they just trade for Gardner Minshew?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I feel like Gardner Minshew is beloved in, like, the Twitter community. And most of the NFL think he's the average And
0: I Until you look at his numbers... Like, that came in real NFL
1: games. Have you looked he at his numbers plays. from real I NFL games? Si- I remember sitting on the couch. They were playing the Broncos, and he did this, like, 360 in the pocket. He ran away. He dove. He jumped. It was like, that was an incredible play. Look, man, But I, like, I, I am with you. The NFL does not view him that way, I know, I, I know.
0: You. I am with you, but when they th- showed his numbers on the screen last night, I was like, say what you want about the guy. Even if you think numbers lie, which sometimes they can, but He's most guys who games. roll out and play quarterback in the NFL, the majority of them, right? Like the guys that are not in the top 20 don't ever have numbers that are 37 touchdowns, 11 picks and 63%. How many games total? 20 games, 23 games, 20 starts, seven and 13. Not good, but you know,
1: bad organization could be bad. Yeah. There there might be some value. How
0: many guys have ever had 37 touchdowns and at that same time had only 11 interceptions?
1: Could Kyle Shanahan win as many games with Gardner Minshew as he could with Jimmy Garoppolo? Maybe. Could the Niners cut Jimmy Garoppolo and just trade for Gardner Minshew? What are you trade for him? Because he is kind of a valuable backup.
0: Like, if I'm the yep. Jags, I'm not in a rush to trade him for nothing. Yeah.
1: I, feel, I bet Urban kind of likes him, right? Clearly.
0: Yeah, didn't he get a quote about him the other day? Something like he's a, what do you call him? Not like Tough a blue little, collar, two dollar yeah, steak or something. Yeah, like a b- bulldog or I don't know something like that. Yeah,
1: he's like you just you know he's like one of those you know fine pieces of jeans you know you just can't rip them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was something, <laughs> something similar to that. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Hey, speaking of being in bed last night at seven o'clock, I know why you were, John. You were in bed because of your sleepnumber.com slash ham, sleep, IQ technology. But the only stat you want to see in the third quarter of a preseason game isn't Gardner Minshew's touchdown and
1: interception. You want to see your sleep IQ numbers. I go right to sleepnumber.com slash ham, and I get myself a fantastic night's sleep. Sleep like a baby. Do you know what happens when you get a good night's sleep, Guy? Huh, tell me. You, you, you wake up, you can think better, you're more productive, you have, I, I, I notice this, it just carries in, I'm, I have better relationships with people in my life just because I'm happier. When I don't sleep well, I get edgy, like most people. And you got to find out the perfect temperature. You know, most people like it a little chilly in their room. Uh, you like it nice and cold. Dim the lights. Dad, don't, don't look at the phone before you go to bed. You Light just a candle. No. <laughs> yeah. <just laughs> you guys have candles in the bedroom?
0: Uh, there's a, there is a candle. We got candles all over the place. You
1: cook. It starts smelling. And we start lighting candles. Yeah, That's yeah, the purpose of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, somebody
0: yeah. cooks. You cook.
1: Yeah, it works. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Uh, keep your room at about 65, 67 degrees.
0: Yeah, check out a Sleep Number store or go to sleepnumber.com slash ham to check out the latest deals and the best way to get a great night's sleep, sleepnumber.com slash ham.
2: Do it! Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off when you get ButcherBox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash ham and use the code HAM to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app. Because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long. More or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
1: You know, I, I've heard this going on back and forth. Just some different podcasts have brought it up. I don't think we ever talked about it. And I've tried to come up with a take because I don't have necessarily a strong side on either one. But do you think, like, when you leave a job and you're super successful and making a bunch of money, you don't really care? Like, you're not going to be as guarded what you said. So, like, Kevin Durant, I don't hold him to the same level. Like, he's moved on, he's gone. But Draymond Green, who basically just took a massive shit on Steve Kerr. Now, they have a documented relationship where they go back and forth. But Bob Byers, I would say, has been the one guy, more than Lakeham, definitely more than Kerr, who just, like, has these guys back 24-7. And I think Draymond's scheduled to make $75 more million more. So, in total, it'll be, like, 180 from the Warriors. you think that was a little unfair for him just to go and... Destroyed yeah, first <laughs> of all,
0: I agree with the premise that, like, Kevin Durant owes nobody nothing, right? Steve Kerr has talked about Kevin Durant 77 different times in different interviews. And even if he hadn't, Kevin, he's he's gone. But the first thing I said to you when this thing happened was, like, I- I've, I'm Joe Lacob. I'm like, dude, I'm paying you $25 million a year. Like, part of your part of this is, like, you know, protect the family a little bit here. You don't get to be investigative reporter, Draymond Green. <laughs> when I'm paying you, like, your number one source of income, I could be wrong about this, is probably still his basketball salary, even though he's making a lot of money doing whatever else he's doing. For but him, I bet I Joe's think, yeah, paying him but... more than Bleacher Report is. Yeah, I, I would agree. So, A, protect that. Now, I do wonder, you know, for all the times Bob's had his back, you and I know this, Something can happen internally and you can just not, somebody crosses a line in your mind that you think is a line they crossed and there's no, you view them differently no matter what else they've done for you in the past. Although our situation wasn't really quite like that, but you know what I'm saying? Um, So maybe that's how he thinks internally, but I also think he's just committed to, I'm maybe he feels like, you know, Bob and I have this relationship. People just talk openly about everything. Bob gets to go out and say like, we got to get Draymond's emotions in check. And I can come out and say, Bob didn't handle that situation. Right. And, you know, it's just, we're all good. Bob talks about me publicly all the time. Sometimes it's about things I need to do better. But, you know, I, part of this is the history since that moment in time, how is their relationship internally? If their relationship is good and they've had that, if he has said those well, things he signed, he signed Myers, a
1: contract. He signed a contract extension with the team since.
0: Yeah, but that's not because he loves them necessarily. It could just be they know they need him and he's, they gave him the most money. But if he and Bob Myers have had this conversation, where he said to Bob, "Bob, you fucked up, man. Like you screwed this up." Then maybe it's not. It's not quite as bad. I think we view it a certain way because it's like, "Oh man, he's talking about him behind his, criticizing him behind his back, right?" But if they've yeah, had I mean, it out and that thing public. is settled for them,
1: and I, and and based
0: on what the conversation has, he said that Fredrick, to Bob would be my question.
1: I would imagine he has, so.
0: They've okay.
1: I'd imagine they talked about it. And I don't disagree Like what the conversation was predicated off the suspension. I remember when they did it, I thought it was insane. I'm like, you're just suspending suspend a yeah. player who who has gone to war for you and you've needed and it's been kind of the heart and soul of your team because of something he said to another guy calling him a bitch because that guy won't stay on your own team. Like, basing off, like I understand just the interaction in a vacuum. Like, we can't be screaming at teammates and clearly it fucked with Kevin. But the reason behind... The interaction was because he was standing up for the Warriors and the Warriors brand. Like, right. you don't like, want to be here. You can't That's say, hey, I, man. I do support Draymond. Like, he was right.
0: Well, like, hey, man, th- the edict from you can't be treat the one guy with kid gloves when Steph doesn't need it. I know. Right? It's, it's, now, here's my other thing, though. Like, when Draymond told the story, I'm kind of laughing, watching. Like, wait a second, Draymond, they're saying you got to apologize. He's like, no, I'll go talk to him, but I will not apologize. Like, how could they just not settle on a... Yeah, 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 okay. That's the part that blows my mind, is they couldn't reach a, okay, Draymond, you don't have to literally say the words, I'm sorry, but we need you to go have a conversation with him. Because Draymond's well, like, I gets- will not talk
1: to him and say I'm sorry,
0: but I will go talk to him, because only he and I can squash this.
1: Like, but it all okay, it well, also gets back to, it is their truth, right? That's Kevin and Draymond's truth. Like, I bet some other people who were just sitting around, like, everyone's truth might be a little bit different. Like, that, they are... They get to give their side of the story. Like, Kerr and Bob, they never get to give their side of the story, right? Because when Steve Kerr asked about it when they come back to training camp, he can't be like, well, fucking Draymond. Like, he'll just be like, you know, I'm not talking about that. Bob's not going to talk. They're not going to talk about it. So basically, they just got to have the last laugh on this situation, call those guys idiots, and that's how it ends. So it's where uh, you are lucky now, I guess now if you were a, if a player, you have a lot of access to do your own things and get your own truce out there. Because ultimately, it's like, Kevin he was saying that to the elephant in the room was like, you wanted to leave. Like they were all mad at you. Like what? There, there were well, elements of the conversation, the different variables I know. Well, they just hit on the one part. The part you know? I don't understand is like, if you guys agree, you guys
0: could have fixed it then. Then what, why didn't you fix it then? Because they suspended, because Ke- like why did suspending Draymond mean Kevin and Draymond couldn't fix the issue between them? If it could have been fixed between them. Cause it's I cause think Kevin you're right was already leaving. Yeah. You can't go back. I don't think it could have been fixed. No. Uh, Brandon on YouTube says, you guys certainly aren't acknowledging how were you, how wrong you were for overreacting to, to Zach Wilson's bad practice stats. He's looked fantastic. I don't know if Brent, I don't, I think it's a different, Brandon's a different person that's been tweeting at me about that. I said on Twitter to that person today, I don't have their name, but I don't, maybe it was Maybe It wasn't Brandon. I've talked about in the last two weeks that I've said, I watched Zach Wilson. I've made a point to watch Zach Wilson back to back weeks. And I said, I think he looks really good. And he might, it might be that he's a gamer. Quote unquote gamer, more so than a practice player. So I'm we'll open see. to the guy being I, good, I, I, but it's still I'm not. Really.
1: I, I, I'm not pivoting yet. I'm not pivoting no, yet. No, it's smart. I mean, Just once you're in, you know, you. yeah. Yeah. And I'm not anti Zach Wilson. I thoroughly enjoyed His watching him. team's not at BYU. good. Yeah, it could be tough. It could, it could but be tough. But that doesn't really mean he tough. can't
0: make plays that makes you go, okay, there's something here.
1: Well, he's talented. Like he's no one's acting like he shouldn't have been a top five pick. Like it's not like he is Mac Jones without the talent. Like he has athletic ability. He has an explosive arm. we will just let's just see what happens when the real games start, because I, I think it's a, it's a lot different for a quarterback. You have blitzes, you have looks you don't know. Part of the, these practices guy, like he just looked good against the Packers, right? They just played the Packers in the preseason game on Saturday. He had been practicing against them for several days. Like they had practiced against him. Think about that. And then what? the offensive coordinator. Like Joe Barry, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Packers is like LaFleur's guy who LaFleur's brother is the offensive coordinator. Like the connections here are all they all these guys are like know each other. So it's like they're playing chess when they already kind of know their moves in a practice slash a preseason game. I don't know if that would necessarily be the case in a regular season game. We'll see. Can I talk about the I I just I think it's going to be more difficult for Trevor and Zach, once the real game start, because their teams are so terrible.
0: Yeah. The key is like the question is how good are they? How well are they coached? And how strong are they mentally to be able to physically? Can they hold up, play a whole year, then come back next year? Like, okay, that was a good experience.
1: Maybe well, I think my the thing you ho- me. the thing I, I, you, I knock on wood for because I don't root for this. I, no one does. Like, Joe Burrow's team was so terrible last year. He eventually, he got his leg snapped. <laughs> like you, you are you are somewhat of a sitting duck back there, right? Like, it is the one area where you can be really physical. I know you technically, they throw flags and stuff, but the flag comes after you get slammed to the ground. You know, it's like the like wide receivers now, they do just avoid a lot of hits. There aren't that many. It, it feels very, you agree, way less and less of the big hits, just if mm-hmm. you're just watching. like You do still see a lot of, like, when there is an open lane for a quarterback, they still get throttled. Now the flag comes out, but they, they have to pick themselves up off the ground. Yeah. You know? Yep. So you just got to hope those guys don't get... Trevor's big. He took a hit when I was watching the game last night. He, he did. took off on a run, and he fucking leaped. And it was like, I don't know if you can do that, my man. He did take a... He, luckily, he's a big guy, but... Uh, but cut. there were like... Th- you know, it was like three of them. There was yeah. one guy low and like two guys flying in the air. Like, you're gonna get killed. Thoughts on this uh, Big Ten
0: Pac-12 ACC alliance, John? I see I, they, they announced it on Thursday, The uh, Tuesday, the commissioners. There's, there's not a formal like, uh, contract. And so people are wondering, like, well, if you're not going to put anything in writing, then, then what is this exactly? And I think what's interesting about it is I think it's – as much as it is a response to Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 to the, for the SEC, I think it's also a response to – like there was this thing that happened a few months ago where four, uh, 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 four members of college football put together a college football playoff Uh, proposal for a 12 team proposal and everyone started running with it and you know what it turned out the four people that put that proposal together none of them were from the acc the big 10 of the pac 12 it was jack swarbrick who's the commissioner uh or the uh, athletics director notre dame craig thompson the mountain west commissioner greg sankey from the sec bob bowlsby from the big 12 and i think it's partly a response to that too like these guys want to make sure that It benefits us to not do anything behind each other. Like, I'll tell you what I'm up to if you tell me what you're up to, because we don't want to have happen to any one of us what happened to the Big 12, where Bob Bowlesby got blindsided. And we don't want to have happen to any of us what just happened a few months ago, where this college football playoff proposal came out. None of us had seen it because we weren't involved in it. And all of a sudden, publicly, there was this big push like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's get this 12-team playoff. Let's get it rolling by the end of the year. And they're like, this is all news to us. So there have been a couple of things where news has broken pretty quickly this this offseason that has caught a few people off guard. That was a little less off guard, but I don't think the football playoff thing was supposed to leak the way it did. And certainly Texas, Oklahoma was not supposed to leak. This alliance, two things have to happen since there's nothing in a contract right now. Two things have to happen for the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 to make this work. I think one is that all three of these commissioners have to remain the commissioners of these leagues and have really good working relationships. Like trust each other enough that... They tell each other, hey man, here's what we're up to. Maybe we could fold you into this, right? And they they, you know, they don't have to, they don't owe each other anything that they owe their own league, but that they have really good working relationships. Like relationships get things done. And then the other thing that has to happen, I think, for this to, to work is that they keep in their individual leagues their most important clients happy. That Ohio State and Michigan, that Clemson, that USC, that those programs don't suddenly tell any of them hey, uh, we out, right? That Ohio State, because if Ohio State goes, see you guys, we're going to the SEC, there's not a damn thing the commissioner of a league, let alone an alliance, can do about it. And so they have to keep their everything straight in their own homes. That's part one. And they got to work They got to work together on stuff. And there's no obligation, you know, contractual at this point for them to do that. So
1: it's, it's a relationship thing. My question in the alliance, beside playing each other in non-conference games, what else is part of it? Well, I think part of it is going to be like some of this playoff
0: stuff. It's like, let's all kind of agree. What do we think makes sense for everybody? Now, I think they'll are saying up like automatic
1: bids and different things yeah, like that. Yeah, like the, let's just... The way you vote on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, you know, the ACC's TV contract
0: is um, not up till 2036. Jesus. But the Big Tens is coming up in a couple of years. And the pac tolls is up in two or three years as well. One, one year after the Big Tens. I think 2023 and 2024. So maybe they can you know, they can help each other out with just enhancing their own um, non-conference schedules.
1: i force it all along, why couldn't, why couldn't you do, I guess because they don't all play the same amount of games, but if you have three non-conference games, why can't two of them be mandated in the alliance? Yeah,
0: well, I mean, again, you, I'll only do it if you'll do it. Well, okay, I'll do it, only do it if he does it. Okay, well, he'll only do it if you do it. Like, when... You know this, any conversation about college football the last 20 years, back to the BCS era, at some point somebody says like, you know what the sport needs? A commissioner. It's like, yeah, it's great in theory, but you know, the commissioner works for the leagues. Like Roger Goodell works for the teams. Roger Goodell doesn't tell the teams what to do. He doesn't tell no. Robert Kraft what to do. So it's great if like, we all agree, if a commissioner says, you guys all need to play eight conference games or nine conference games or have all these good games. But... If the SEC isn't going to do it, well, then if the SEC is not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Well, if they're not going to do it, you know, so nobody agrees on anything. But if we agree, okay, we'll go from nine conference games down to eight, but we'll add two really good non-conference games on top. So we, in fact, we add a good date. The reason nobody wants to go, the people who have nine, like the Big Ten and the Pac-12, don't want to go to eight, which is what... The SEC does, which makes it easier for you to go unbeaten. Because when you do that, you devalue your TV contract because now you're putting worse games on TV when you go from nine conference games to eight because you're picking up Southern Utah, all due respect. Yeah. And it's a worse product for your fans who have season tickets. Cal Poly, you know, we fall under that. It's a worse product for your fans who have paid for season tickets. Like you, you are. Tr- yeah. It's really hard right now to get people to come to games because they at home experience is really good. So you don't want to make can, your in stadium experience. I, 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 worse. Think, I think
1: most of the fans can live with Cal Nevada, right? Fresno State, UCLA, like that. That works. Yeah. I, well, w- yeah. That that has to be your worst game. Yeah. You know, your group of folks It just does. Yeah. No FCS. The, 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 the moment old, you sucks. jump down. For FCS schools. Y- yeah, but it's just like, they just should play each other. Cal Poly totally. UC Davis should play the shit out of each other. So, that, But that's know?
0: that's part of what this is. It's like, okay, we'll go from nine conference games to eight, but now instead of picking up an FCS game, it's going to be, Oregon State's going to play uh, Syracuse and uh, uh, Pitt.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and Oregon plays Ohio State and, you know, North Carolina. Which is cool. Which would work, yeah. It but would it's work. not in writing.
0: <laughs> no, that's so. That, so the scheduling part. I mean, ultimately, you schedule those games. So maybe yeah. you do a. If you all schedule them together, then now it's in writing because you make contracts for all those games.
1: But he's right. Like the commissioners can push their guys, but eventually the ads have to do it. Right? It's at, some of the stuff is yeah. out of their control. Yeah. Who? But who schedules games? Presidents, ads? The ads schedule the games, but the presidents ultimately are the ones that make the big decisions. So, you're saying if the presidents tell their ADs that they have to schedule games with these conferences? Yeah, I mean, that might be one. I Sorry, I interrupted and said the presidents.
0: I thought you were making a different point. Yeah, when it comes because to Because that's the, game the only
1: thing that anyone, it's going to affect any. Like, I, I want to see, I, and we already kind of do, but I would love to see a schedule where it's like all these teams are playing each other. It yeah. still feels like a little far away. Because I did see one of the quotes was, you know, obviously we're going to. Stick by all the existing schedules. And anyone that falls, if you have a college football team, you know sometimes you're seven, eight years out, right? Like, you know, Fresno State knows they're non conference. Uh, I think somebody
0: scheduled, somebody has a 2036 game. It might be Utah and Florida. Was that an old Urban Meyer thing? (laughs) Yeah, they scheduled it in 1998, uh, 2002. No, that one was just scheduled. Twenty thirty three, maybe? Let's see. Uh, Wisconsin is scheduled for September tenth, twenty thirty three. They'll be Against at who? Utah. At Utah. <clears throat> so just for reference, the year is currently twenty twenty-one. Two thousand
1: thirty? Three. Is there any chance Whittingham's the coach in two thousand thirty three? No. I mean, hell, we're not guaranteed to be alive. So I mean that's a long way away. What happened so i hope I am. they
0: already got their big 10 game for that year john you got to fold that one in
1: I'll almost be 50 2033 i'm <laughs> me like cry right now uh uh carson cry. carson's
0: back john Tony feet I'll
1: finally won i knew it was gonna happen he just i have you ever seen a guy go from two to five weeks or i mean five to 12 weeks and be back 14 days later it's a medical miracle that's it's a medical injury, miracle. I mean,
0: it's not like it was one of those. Well, the gri- the strain wasn't as bad as we thought. He had surgery, right? Yeah,
1: medical miracle. Is uh, you know what? Was he owed a medical miracle after all the shittiness that's happened to him? Yeah, a lot of bad stuff. You know, he I was hope, owed. I hope, I. Uh, I mean,
0: if he stays on the field, it's a medical miracle. You come back this quick from like a foot surgery. I I get a little concerned.
1: You know, didn't Ray used to put a little deer antler spray on his injuries and it'd just get better? Just go a little deer antler spray and all of a sudden, you know. I remember Ray Lewis tore that labrum, and then like three weeks later, he's back tackling people, and people are like, Ray, how'd you do it? He's like, fucking deer antler spray. I'm like, oh, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. The league's like, uh, hey, Colts, just out of curiosity, uh, we, we, got you guys, uh, we got you guys on Monday Night Football Week 5 against the Ravens. Is, is Carson going to be back by then? And the, and the Colts are like, do you want Carson back by then? <laughs> we'll do
3: well,
1: whatever are you, will- you, are you willing to not deer antler spray test Carson? Because we can get him back for that Ravens game. I'd put some deer antler spray on my knee right now without hesitation. I, I saw um, great. Who did I see tweet this today? Was it
0: uh, uh, God, who was this? What's your name that's on TNT? Roz Gold on Woody? No, not Roz. The <laughs> Rachel analyst. Nichols? No, no, the analyst who's on the set. Uh oh, Candace Parker. Candace Parker, yeah. I want to say Candace Wiggins. Candace Parker tweeted today like You remember when you were a kid and you would jump from, like, the eighth step down to the landing and your parents would be like, no! It's like, I wish I could, my knees wish I could go back and tell that version of me to stop jumping from the eighth
1: step. Do you agree that this crate challenge is, it's just the dumbest thing you've ever seen? Like, how, how does this even become a thing? First of all, no. It is not even close to the dumbest thing I've ever seen.
0: This is like... This is, you could honestly, this crate challenge. If you told me this came from like a fourth grade Olympics, I'd believe you. Like, this
1: is a real physical test, John. What's, I, the, what's, is the goal of the crate challenge to get over the top? Yeah, and I think go to the, the goal is side? to go
0: all the way up and then all the way back down the other side.
1: Yeah. Well, why do people get to the top and start wiggling around? Maybe because it's harder.
0: I'm not exactly sure. Maybe the point is just to stay up there as long as possible. I don't exactly know. Another great tweet I saw from somebody, it was a gif of somebody like doing like a what the hell face. And it was like, Every manager at Safeway showing up to work looking for all their crates on Monday
1: morning. <laughs> well, what, what, to me, remember the Tide Pod Challenge. Yeah, what was that? We just eat bit? Tide Pod. Yeah, that was way yeah, stupider. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I that one obviously. This one is like an Olympic event. Like this is a real test of balance. And but guys are clearly breaking arms, Guts. And like what what, what? what are we doing here? And it, it does feel like... Weeding it, weeding out society. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it's a little unfair the people it's taking advantage of because most of the clips I've seen, it doesn't seem like it's happening at the country club. It's <laughs> like, what, what, what are we doing here? Well, people, Can we yeah, stop? The it, one, it's a little bit... Remember the golf cart challenge where you'd stand in front of it Oh, that one's. Remember awful. the, the yeah. thing with Barstool and people started breaking legs. They, they had to like, no more golf carts. <laughs> the, this this has a vibe to that. Like everyone's trying to be famous on the internet oh, and they're well. just gonna fucking break There's their
0: legs. No question. I, I saw it's one. So
3: painful.
1: I see these guys hit and it's oh. like they're gonna, they're gonna
0: die. I saw The one that was terrible that I saw was like an older guy up on the thing, and like a teenager comes and just knocks the whole thing over, <laughs> and the guy goes down.
1: Well, if if you put some fifteen year olds that I used to run around with, one hundred percent, they're kicking the crates. Well, I told it, somebody the day I once off.
0: jumped off the roof with an umbrella to see if I could float.
1: What happened? I landed on the grass. I was fine. Nothing happened. Yeah. I didn't float. So that's for damn. Wasn't shit. a very high. I mean, that's a pretty. No, nah, it was you know, a if you're flat. 10, Twelve feet.
0: You know. Yeah, maybe it was a ten foot roof. Um, maybe I put a mattress did, down. I don't remember. But did the umbrella break? Or nothing happened. Nothing happened. Real. Like, I think it probably fell out of my arm. I don't really remember. I just remember, I, I, here's what I know I've been hurt before. I didn't get hurt in that time. Gotcha. I've broken arms doing stupid stuff, but an arm doing a stupid thing. but...
1: You were a cast? Yeah. All the kids at school signed it? Nah, I was like three. Oh, uh, a little, little early for that. When everything you move? do is stupid. I don't feel like they wear normal casts anymore. Maybe they have a new thing. But where I grew up, everyone signed the cast, so you just had all these names all over the cast. Like the ten-year-old, there had to be some parents like, "What are we doing with our kid?" <laughs> Draw, like really is a great show of unity, John. Yeah, it is. It's supporting, supporting. The Can little, I sign uh, your,
0: your friend? Yeah, you and know. you just you're embarrassed you're wearing the thing, and then it makes you like in a positive way. It's actually smart. Attention. Yeah, it, it,
1: it is. It is smart. You know, it takes the. Uh, you're right. There's a unity element to it. There's a compassion element to it. And then you just sneak a penis on there. If you, you got to be a little older, it probably doesn't you do it like in like a third, spot they can't see. Like- yeah, if you're seventh grade, though, you're definitely getting some penises.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, uh-huh. So coming up, don't forget, get in the mailbag. Another one coming at you this week. We got final week of the preseason college football. Week zero is here. Oh, somebody just said uh, we've got some roster cuts in the NFL today before we wrap, this.
2: Tito's,
1: Tito's Tuesday. Well, Tito's they had to get down to like Tuesday. 80. Your guy, Craig Kraft, cut. Uh, it's guys like him. Uh, Michael Kendrick's on
0: IR with Turf Toe. Corbin Kofusi, who was the uh, right tackle the other day that you and I were talking about, who uh, basically waved the cape at... Uh, protection for uh, Trey Lance uh, Shalit Calhoun alright down to 80 there
1: you go Dubow how about Marcel Aiton there, there is the nothing rails. like you sign a player like the Niners signed Michael Kendricks it's like you know he's battling back from the inside of trading a day or two later he shatters his toe and he's just on injured reserve like that does not happen in basketball or baseball typically right You just get the guy; he immediately plays. I didn't even notice him playing. Now he might have come in the second half, and it's just his season's over. Like it just just ends. (laughs) Remember nuts.
0: Remember when the Giants traded Sam Dyson to the Twins, and like he immediately like he never threw a pitch for them. Like before he didn't even get hurt for them. They were like, wait, was he hurt before he got
1: here? Uh, you remember that deal? I remember that. Didn't the Padres do that to somebody and they got in trouble? They sent a hurt guy to a team? Yeah. Or like and, the Marlins? The Ray, yeah. Or the Rays, yeah. I don't remember the Sam Dyson injury. But in baseball, you send damaged goods. In football, the guy shows up, past your physical, you're like, come out to practice! Then like three days later, his fucking legs bent behind his head and it's like, his career might never be the same. You're like, you knew him three days! <laughs> it's just, he's on injury, it's just over. Turf toe? Clearly, like, did he just shatter his toe, like in the game? Is Everyone, that what turf just, toe is. Well, I think it's like a yeah, it's like I don't know. Remember,
0: Dion could Dion had bad turf toe for a long time.
1: I think it's extreme like pain. You're, I feel like turf toe can only happen in your big toe, but that could be completely wrong. I've al- I always felt it was a big toe injury. Yeah, did you? you. I you have think always it's like felt any that. Toe? But no one's so ever you like, like you know the the ring toe, the third toe. It does feel like one of those injuries that doesn't really go away and it's like more painful. Like the hammy, it just feels tight. Like the, to me, the turf toe is like shrieking pain in your foot so you can't run. Yeah. Again, this is all we doctor in his head. Of. Yeah. I, I know nothing about it. It's,
0: it's one of those things the first that sounds
1: like, eh, it can't be that bad and it's terrible. <laughs> It's like really. I feel like the name does not do it justice. Should be called like the Busted Toe or something. Busted Toe, I like that. Busted Toe, Turf Toe sounds like oh, just six to eight with Busted Toe. (laughs) A Busted Toe.
0: How's his toe? I R Busted
1: Toe. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us today. It's been real. Peace.
3: Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.